Once again, everyone, welcome to an all-new episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. It's 2008, folks. We finally made it. We've made it, uh, I guess, 18 years. 18 episodes of yearly talk. Alex, our our episodes on years finally old enough to smoke in some states. <laughs> Hopefully they have good taste in cigarettes. They're not just buying, you know, Marlboro Red and... Camels and stuff. Paul um, Mall, Paul Mall <laughs> Parliament. Um, yeah, yeah. Cigarettes were one of those things. I wish someone had told me as a kid back when I first discovered cigarettes. Like, yeah, you know, you know, Marlboro Reds are basically like eating a Big Mac. Like they they are like the least most you know they're the most like basic thing you can get. Like it's it's the McDonald's of of cigarettes. Like there are good cigarettes out there that. You oh, smoke okay. them and it's like okay, that's that's kind of pleasant. You said Big like Mac. Especially... I thought you meant like it's like the best, like the biggest, grossest thing on the oh. menu. But you're saying it's just <laughs> nothing remarkable. Yeah, it's it's kind of generic. Mm. Like it's it's mass produced, mass. You know, like I want I want if I'm going to smoke tobacco, I want it to be good. You want some of the story behind it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, I want to sound like Tom Waits after I smoke. Right. Oh, Bernice was putting the chairs up on the table. <laughs> if it's a popular yeah. enough brand to sponsor a NASCAR, you don't want it. Oh, yeah. We don't want no Winstons. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that just the name Winston Cigarettes brings back I know. great memories. Yeah, dude. It brings back memories of my grandma. Yeah. Man, I'm getting nostalgic over here myself. But we're not here to talk about cigarettes. In fact, I think... We're not. No. I think 2008, I think you and I decided... This might be the last year we cover. We'll go back to interviewing schlubs off the internet and talking about <laughs> the, the, the videos we make. But, I mean, it's been a fun ride. And I think, you know, for as long as we were able to keep this podcast up, we'll keep looking back. We'll have a, you know, maybe next year we'll do 2009. Keep, keep looking about 15 years in reverse because that seems to be about the sweet spot for nostalgia in a lot of cases. So I think it's a good line sure. to draw. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's getting too close to look back at this point. Um, seems kind of silly. I will say 2008 was was a, a pretty seismic year in terms of the uh, the United States and our world, and you know, for for me personally, especially. But um, I will say uh, we will keep the possibility open to like. Like if we happen to be on like the twenty, you know, the episode one eleven, and we have a guest on that has some thoughts about twenty eleven, yeah, we might throw some questions out there. Heck we're yeah. still keeping that door open. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just we're just not going to do this like big breakdown as often. It's true. Yeah, but it has been fun. You know, I was looking back through the guest lineup we had and all the different years, and now I'm as nostalgic for our old episodes covering the years as I am for the years themselves. So that's. That's nostalgicception for you. <laughs> but what were you doing in 2008? You said, I mean, obviously we had, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the United States in 2008, but what was Alex doing? Well, oh, what was Alex doing? I was, uh, um, 
really sick of my office job at this point. This was the job where I I got to play video games on my on my break. You got sick of that? Yeah, I did because there was uh, I, I it, it was a customer service job. You're, mm, you're going to get sick. Yeah, of it. and there's if there's nothing else for you to do except play video games, then you're gonna want to leave. But um, yeah, there was no place for me to go, so I I ended up just quitting and going back to my teenager job of uh working golf course maintenance and mowing grass on 27 acres of land. Oh, I love which, mowing. Was it good flat land too? Yeah, mostly. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was the job I had back in the 90s, and it was really nice to go back because at this point, but when I first had this job, there were I, you couldn't put your your portable CD player with your crappy headphones. Oh yeah, because it would it would skip like crazy. Yeah. Um, but now I had a uh, what was it called? iPod Shuffle. So I would load up all my, my, my iPod shuffle with as much crazy black metal stuff I could, I could come up with and uh, just listen to that and put, uh, put my earbuds in and then put noise protection over my ears. Yeah. So that was all I heard was that music. It was the perfect setup. Yeah, with all it that black metal, you couldn't tell what was music and what was lawnmower, I bet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I have to go back and listen to that stuff because I can't uh, differentiate that well. But yeah, no, that was, that was a really fun time in my life. I literally, I, I owe uh, the superintendent of that course who... Um, his name is Dave. And uh, oh my god, dude! I've been following you so long. I thought you said the Super Nintendo of that course. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean I don't even think Dave would even know what a Super Nintendo <laughs> is. But to be honest with you, but I I literally just like drove up. It was it was like out of a movie. I drove up and was like, "Hey, Dave, I, I uh, are you hiring right now? I just quit my job and I just wanted to know if you're if he wasn't hiring at that point. I have no idea what I would do." <laughs> but I, I, it was literally just quit my job, go drive to the golf course and see if Dave's hiring. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. And it worked because even though I was making only, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was way less money. But I didn't care because I got to be outside all day. Um, I got to cut grass and listen to music. Um, and, you know, we, we still did uh, golf course maintenance. So if there was like some landscaping project that we had to help out on, get your hands in the dirt a little bit yeah lay some sod and mm. you know i remember at one point we had to uh aerate all the greens and all the tees and it was my job to like lug this giant freaking machine around 27 acres of land because we couldn't take it in a in a trailer so i had to walk the entire course with that thing across two days which was not fun but it was it's kind of fun to look back on yeah i kind of long for the days where i could work outside some because now i'm just trapped yeah. in my cell <laughs> at my computer well that's the best that's the best part of the movie office space at the end where mm. uh peter finds happiness like oh yeah he's he's actually clean a construction guy cleaning up the site of where his old office bo- burned down and it's like yeah that's kind of uh poignant a little bit because it's fuck working in an office it sucks that's right um i would much rather be outside sometimes yeah yeah it's true i do i do uh want to say when i ask you like was the ground nice and flat i realized i sounded like i was just sexually passionate about mowing and i guess i <laughs> i guess i am but where i'm from it's all i live on like the side of a mountain and i it, oh it's all hilly okay yeah gotcha. and it's a pain it's to mostly mow, so uh it's mostly flat mm. yeah it's woodbury so um 
most of Woodbury was built on a swamp. So you know what I mean? Like yeah. any house that's standing needed to have a giant pile of dirt sitting there for like <laughs> right. four months before you start building a foundation. It's one of those types of places. Like you should not have houses here uh, <laughs> as, as nature dictates. Right. But, um, uh, but the golf course was pretty good. The dirt was not kind. The dirt was more like clay. Uh, that was not fun because when it came time to lay irrigation pipe when I was a teenager, we needed to take a pickaxe to that stuff because there there was there were just so many giant boulders. Uh, I remember one time we had to tie a rope around one, and <laughs> and this was like without our boss knowing. Like it's like we can take care of this. We're just a bunch of dumbass teenagers, and we to- <laughs> you know it's like Goonies style, just or like Sandlot style, where we just came up with a plan and tied a big rope around it and pulled it out with a with a golf cart. But, uh, yeah, those are good times. Yeah, man. I feel like I could probably be talked into doing a lawn care call-in radio show. Just be like, so, tell me, <laughs> what kind of jobs you tackling this weekend, you know? <laughs> tell me about your gear. But we won't, yeah, I need a, we won't get into that. What kind of sprinkler heads you got going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. You laying any irrigation pipe this weekend, bro? <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds like... You know, you're kind of still finding your way there in 2008. Golf course yeah, works. I didn't good. go to college, so you know, I had a crappy tech school degree. So it it wasn't like, you know, you just leave college and they hand you a, a job. It was kind of just finding your own way of what what's going to work and what you can tolerate and and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I guess in that sense, I was still. So 2008 for you, what was going on? Well, uh, I was in the middle of a couple of jobs i uh was a grad graduate assistant at the place that i would eventually work for 15 years um but that summer i landed a job for two solid weeks at the university's call center where they call Uh alumni and ask for donations now uh if you remember 2008 not a good year no. Financially, <laughs> for most no. of America, so it was a rough gig, you know. Yeah, and it was a it's a rough gig anyway. But I, I uh, <laughs> this is a funny thing I remember. You have to you had these like this computer set up, and there are these numbers on the sheet. I don't really remember how it works, but it would kind of auto call these numbers, and you basically kind of manned it. And if no one answered, you hung up, and you went to the next one, right? But for one guy, and you could bring a book and kind of read while you do it, because there's a lot of downtime. You're mm. just waiting for people. So I got real into this book, and the phone was ringing, and I had <laughs> zoned out that the phone was ringing, and it must have rang a lot, because this guy, <laughs> this poor fucking guy, and I don't blame him for being upset. I was mad at me, too. He answered very angrily and just yelling, like, some people sleep during the day. And you call me, call me. And he, like he just kept going on and on and on. And my manager is kind of walking behind me, and he sees like that I have a call, and I'm still kind of new. So he's like observing. And this guy, I let him like yell at me for a minute, and I'm like, yeah. So would you like to donate to the university? Because I have to go with my thing. And then he just he lays into me again for another 20, 25 seconds. And I was like, this is the that's, most that's, that's awful. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget that. I sometimes still think about that guy. And I wonder if he still thinks about me. Like anytime a phone rings, if he's like, you know, one time 
<laughs> he tells his family at cookouts and stuff. I really laid into this one mother. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? Boy, did I deserve it too. I mean, I probably let it ring for like two solid or I don't even know how long. How I don't know, yeah. however long you can let a phone ring before it stops. I was close. Yeah. 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 I, I uh, it makes me think of uh, when I worked at a mail order catalog um, for an, an inbound call center, but um, um, so we're not cold calling people, but it's it's just about the next worst thing where when people call in, we're supposed to upsell them with like, oh, and to go with your thirty uh, out eight ammunition that you're ordering uh, for hunting, uh, how about a six pack of padded crew socks? <laughs> <laughs> for an extra for an extra twelve dollars or some some random thing, and the thing is, is that we all had the opportunity to pick two. We were required to read two add-ons for every order, and um, I always picked the crew socks because I I owned a pair <laughs> and I thought they were nice, so I always leaned into those crew socks. Mm. But uh, uh, there was also wool socks. Um, let me think. Oh, I love wool socks. Was. And you talked about yeah, wool socks are. Man, I love yeah those merino wool. Those are great. There's going to be a, a another segment to my call-in show after lawn care where we just talk about socks. <laughs> talk about socks. Yeah, I am in. I love me a good pair of socks. Um, I can't even remember what the other things were. I, there was one was a pair of binoculars, just cheap shitty binoculars you bring to like a baseball game. Right. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that we we would we would upsell. And uh, yeah, I remember one time. Uh, uh you know we're we're selling mostly hunting supplies it's a it's a sporting goods catalog and this is where i first learned of the phrase do what now do what now because i would yeah i would do my my big spiel i'd be talking to some guy from texas deep in the heart of texas and i'd 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 stop and be like is that something you want to add to your order today for only 11.99 or something like that (laughs) and there'd be this like pregnant pause for about five seconds and i'd hear I do what now? <laughs> <laughs> like just very like do what now? And I'm just and so a couple times I read the whole thing over again, and the guy would cut me off like no 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 I don't want any of that. But uh, a couple hilarious. times it's just like do you want any socks for twelve bucks? Guys, <laughs> just like no, I'm good. Like, All right, fine. Uh, the do but, what uh, now is something yeah. that I feel like sort of embodies a lot of Mike Judge's characters. Do what now? I feel like he yeah. can really send a good do what now. For sure, yeah. Yeah. You reminded me, uh, we're talking about jobs. I, I forgot to bring up a job I had in 2005 that uh, I wanted to share because it also has a hilariously somewhat catastrophic end to it. Uh, as soon as I moved to Blacksburg, like Little Bumpkin moving up to like kind of a bigger bumpkin town, um, I worked at this food line, which I, I assume that's a nationwide chain of grocery stores. It's not. Oh, um but okay. I know what food line is. I think it's an East Coast thing, but yeah, it's okay. a grocery store. Grocery store, yeah. You never know with grocery stores, it's weird. Uh but yeah. yeah. So I, I'm working at a food line and I get a job in the deli. I've never worked in a deli before. In fact I I never even ordered from a deli. I thought that was something fancy people did. I I grew up on prepackaged ham. <laughs> I've since converted. But at the time I was very unfamiliar with deli oh, slang and ask- Oscar Oscar Meyer can't go wrong. Yeah, I did, I mean I just didn't know, you know, I didn't know. So they think, "Oh, you're you seem like a smart kid. We'll put you uh near a bunch of really sharp blades." And so I worked there <laughs> for like 2 months and I hate it. I freaking hate it. People are ordering things in different measurements. They're like, "Can I get a gram of ham and 2 pounds of turkey?" I'm like, "You don't have to pick a you don't have to pick a measurement cuz I'm I'm easily confused right now." It was just a whole thing. I hated it so much. 
but one time this lady comes up and I'm kind of alone. They they left me alone for 10 minutes. And this is what happened. This lady comes up and she goes, I want a half pound of brown sugar ham. I was like, I can, I can probably hook you right up with that. So I dig through. All we've got for brown sugar ham, we got a little nub left. I'm like, all right, let's work it. I get going on it. Tell you what, my thumb slips off the end of it. And I go, oh, no. I go through the slicer a little bit. Now it happens so fast. The blades are sharp. They're moving. I got glove on. And I look at my hand and I don't see anything. And I'm like, whew, that was a close call. And then within a second, my entire glove was filled with oh. blood like an udder. And I was like, oh, this is no good. And oh. <laughs> I turn around and look at the woman and I say, ma'am, I've cut myself a little bit and I don't think you're going to be getting your ham. <laughs> and she sees me bleeding everywhere and she like turns white and runs, just leaves oh the my store. God. And I was like, well, how bad is it? I look down. It's pretty bad. So, oh no, I know. And they, so, and I still have a scar. It's pretty cool. So they call a bunch of people over and they have to shut down the whole deli. They got to disinfect the whole thing. Who knows what's in my blood? Oh shit. And I'll never forget this. The manager comes up to me. He takes me off to the side and he's like, listen, bud, <laughs> you think you're going to need to go to the hospital for this? I was like, um, I mean, I don't know. He goes, cause you know, they will do a drug test. I'm like, dude, I appreciate <laughs> that you think it would require me to be high to fuck this up, but I am just dumb. Come on, man. That's your first response? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Like, I understand you're a supervisor of a, <laughs> of a deli at a grocery store of a food lion, but come on, man. Yeah. You got to be a little better than that. Jeez. Yeah. But I didn't end up having Ugh. to go. I, had, I bandaged it up really good. I probably should have gone, honestly, but I bandaged it up really good. Do you st- still have a scar from it oh, or yeah. anything? Yeah, and oh, yeah, man. it's still very visible. That's that's so. So it's funny you bring that up because that is a pivotal scene in the movie The Wrestler, which came out in two thousand eight. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Have you not seen The Wrestler? Uh, not all the way through. I don't think it's it's the scene where uh he goes back to his regular everyday life and he works at a deli. and he's busy daydreaming about like matches and like stuff like that. He's off in that you know daydreamy world of of pro wrestling and like performing in front of cloud clouds performing in front of clouds yeah uh in front of audiences and stuff and he he's doing the same thing he slices his hand Oof. and there's blood everywhere and he just like kind of laughs because he's used to it he's a wrestler he's used to blading all the time oh right it's it's a it's a great movie. You gotta should we just start with movies like right now? Well, I, the story. I'm not quite done with the story, but we we can we'll segue right into movies right after this. Oh, part. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I to, I tried to make light of the situation. So when the manager came over, he's like, "Dude, you all right?" And I was like, "Yeah." She ordered a half pound of thumb, and I thought, and then he thought that was funny, and that's when he said, "Actually, are you high right now?" <laughs> But then, oh my god! Like uh, what? Yeah, I, but I thought it was funny. I was like, she ordered a half pound of thumb, so I was, you know, I was just trying to come come through on on her request. You know, I didn't I didn't know my audience back then. I've gotten better, but like a, like two weeks later, when I finally come back, I got my thumb all bandaged up. I limp into work, and they leave me alone again to close. And I accidentally leave one of the windows open, and so the next morning they come in. They have to throw out all. <laughs> All of the meat oh. and the cheese, because it all oh damn went bad, right? Uh, they had wow. to they had to borrow meat from other grocery stores. And the funny thing was, uh, I didn't I didn't go in. I was I didn't, wasn't scheduled to work the day that everybody found out. But my buddy actually worked at the other food line, and he was like, "Hey, did you close last night at yours?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, 
you might not want to answer your phone. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, they they were they were upset, pretty upset. Um, but they didn't get rid of me. I actually had to quit on my own. And I remember on my little quit letter, I was like, "Look, I'm over here. I'm sawing off limbs. I'm wasting a ton of the meat and cheese. <laughs> I, I, it's probably better for everyone if I just go find a different job." And that's when I worked at a call center and got screamed at a bunch. So, um, oh man, it was a rough. That's a rough. Rough, rough time right there. Yeah, yeah. rough go. Jesus, rough man. go. But you know what? I got my thumbs. Are, are you able to go into a food lion? Actually, when, I won't go into that one. Okay. <laughs> Let's segue into movies, though, because of The Wrestler, uh, because that is uh, kind of, it's not a, the climactic scene, but it's a big scene in that that movie where he kind of, it's clear the guy isn't capable of doing anything other than being a pro wrestler. Uh, is kind of what that scene implies. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, Mickey Rourke, his big comeback and all that. Uh, it's it's Darren Aronofsky. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I saw it in theaters. It was good. I was in a big movie phase in 2008 for whatever reason. Oh, yeah? Because um, not only did I see that in the theaters, I went and saw Slumdog Millionaire. I went and saw, like, Frost Nixon I went. I made sure to go see every Best Picture nominee that year. Wow! For some reason, so I saw a Curious Case of Benjamin Bungeon, Benjamin Bungeon, Benjamin <laughs> Button. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I was not. I did not like that movie. I thought it was way too slow and just kind of dumb. It, it didn't. It didn't really hook me at all. I like the really effects. Care. I thought the the effects were great. Yeah, yeah but it was but very. I slow. just didn't. I did not give one rat's ass about the story. Um, uh, there was also Milk, uh, the the story of Harvey Milk, played by Sean Penn, uh, the the San Francisco politician, openly gay. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, Gus Van Zandt. Go see it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I remember this part of my, my life being infiltrated with tons of movies. Yeah, I watched a ton too because I, I remember that, you know, I don't know if it's just my age group. But we went to the theater a lot. It was just yeah, more of yeah. a thing back then. And so me and my buddies would go. Anytime you went on a date, that was kind of the go-to thing, go sure. see a movie. So I, I ended up watching a ton uh, around this time as well. And it helped that there were such uh, – I mean, there was – when I look at the landscape of movies in 2008, it's pretty varied. Like you've got uh, The Dark Knight, which everybody – I remember the hype for this movie – was pretty crazy because um, Heath Ledger unfortunately passed away before the movie was released. But people were talking about this performance in this movie like way before it was released. Like, you need to see this guy. It's unbelievable. Sure enough, it's it lives up to the hype. It's like, yeah, this is a different kind of Joker than we're, we're mm-hmm. used to seeing. This this kind of character has not been seen in cinema before. It's, it's fantastic. Like, it's, it's a great, great... Uh, unhinged psycho performance it's it's really cool yeah Uh, his his death was also really devastating like yeah you know at the time because he was was just getting he was just getting started yeah he'd been going nowhere but up for the last like six seven years leading up to this and man that was uh that was a hard one to swallow but yeah, Dark Knight was fantastic. Uh, and but then you also get Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is less fantastic. I still haven't seen it. I, I I'm afraid to see it. I don't. I admit I wasn't that big into Indiana Jones as a kid. Mm. I liked it, but I wasn't like obsessed with it like some kids were. 
So when this came around, it was just like, oh, cool, something to ignore. I don't, <laughs> I, it's just like ancient ass Harrison Ford. I, I don't have any interest in that and at all. It had some funny parts. It was just so silly. Unnecess- unnecessary? <laughs> yeah, unnecessary for sure. Uh, yeah. Hard to explain, really, but yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And I'm not even that protective of the Indiana Jones property. Like, it didn't offend me <laughs> or anything. I just was like, oh, this seems... Like, there's like a whole scene where he goes down the mountain in a refrigerator for like 30 minutes, like a cartoon. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's this base- different flavor. That's that's the only thing I know about that movie is the refrigerator. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound like my kind of thing. I did see Iron Man. Yeah, uh, that was fun. That was a lot. That was way better than I thought it was. I don't know about you, but I I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but it was really good. Yeah, that was before I got really burned out on the superhero thing. So, I mean, obviously, Dark Knight comes out swinging. That's a hit. Uh, And Iron Man, you know, I'm not big into the comics. I really didn't even know, um, God, his name, just Robert Downey Jr. that well before this either. Yeah. He'd been in a few rom-coms. I knew him from the 80s, but I don't, you know, his... I guess Iron Man was probably his big comeback into mainstream. If I had, yeah, I don't know. I no, you're exactly right for sure. Um, but the, I fell in love a- with that dude. Like immediately, I was like, oh, he's so snappy and witty. He was like a, a more rugged, yeah. like Ryan Reynolds type. Yeah, he. The thing about him is that he's he's clearly had a lot of life life experience up to that mm. point. So when he says stuff, it has a certain weight to it. So and that comes through on his acting too. Um, and that's kind of what made Iron Man work, at least for me. Yeah, that movie was. Yeah, that movie is is still good. I think it's. I saw it uh, parts of it in a, when I was staying in a hotel not too long ago. But, but yeah, um, there was also Wall E. Yeah. Um, I w- This is another movie I, I had no expectations going into, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, there's no dialogue. It's just robots talking and gesturing and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just a strange experiment, but I really dug it. And now it seems. Like when you see the humans in that, you're like, "Damn, they were." Yeah, they're spot they're on. pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Slumdog Millionaire. I remember uh, that being hyped. Watched it. I was actually a huge fan of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I loved yeah. that show. Yeah. I mean, not that this was like the the fan service film for people that like that, but since it was tied so closely together, and I I had never really watched any Bollywood production. I don't even think this is technically Bollywood. Because I'm pretty sure it was made in California. It has hints of it, but yeah, very inspired by right, like yeah, because it has like the dancing and a lot of the right. tropes that are often found exactly. In that. But I I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I I've never I had not seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's a complete surprise. And of course, I I'll never forget the scene uh, where that that dude has to hide and he has to jump into the commode <laughs> and he has a straw <laughs> yeah. or not a straw a, a toilet paper roll. I I think about that. Oh, like Man, I all forgot the time. all about it's that. Just like, can you? Ima- can you freaking imagine that? I think of every time I go into a – the rare occasion where I have to go to, into a porta john It's like, can you freaking imagine doing that? Ugh. And then there's also the great comedies of 2008. I'm talking Step Brothers, Tropic Thunder, Pineapple Express. I think Knocked Up was this year too. Yeah. If it, I remember correctly. It, I can't remember if that one was, but definitely like the Zack and Miri make a porno and like – Oh, okay. Just yeah. tons of Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen stuff. It was kind of the the heyday for that kind of like loosely scripted awkward comedy. Like Anchorman yeah. was, I think maybe it set the stage and or Ricky Bobby it, or whatever. So there's a lot of that around this time. Yeah, Anchorman was, I think, uh, f- uh, 
what was it, 2003 or 2004, mm-hmm. that kind of was the big breakthrough. And now all of a sudden we're getting tons of comedies like that. Step Brothers is in that vein. But Tropic Thunder is of the uh, Ben Stiller vein. And that that movie is still freaking hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't like it. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it, which is weird. You didn't like it? Like you just thought it was... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, it didn't make me laugh. I don't know what it was. I don't know what frame of mind I was in. I had the same issue with Anchorman. But it's like the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, there's nothing funnier than this. I don't know what my problem, my expectations were off. <laughs> I, I got I to say, it always tickles me when people try and point to an example of like, well, what about Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface in Tropic Thunder? It's racist. It's like, no, the whole point of the that role is to point out how ridiculous method acting is. Like... This dude is so into his own, he smells his own fart so much that he thinks it's a good idea to do blackface for a movie when it, it's totally not necessary. Like, that's the whole joke. Like yeah. It, <laughs> the whole joke is that it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, it's in Jack Black. Ugh. You just can't be. Oh, it. Jack Black's perfect. Uh, Tom Cruise, of course. In, in the rare comedic appearance of tom cruise he's not doing a mission impossible or or cocktail or something like that he's 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 playing a bit part in a comedy that was really surprising yes yes it was and what a what a wacky movie i haven't seen it in a long time i need to fire that back up i think i have the actually have the dvd not the blu-ray the dvd somewhere the dvd the dvd so I wanted to add 24 Redemption on here, the 24 movie, because I know you're a 24 fan. Did you see this movie? I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen that movie. All right. So no, I'm glad I put it on here because uh, I think you need to see it. I've heard really good things about it. Actually, not really good things. I, I just heard it's decent. But uh, yeah, I was just curious if you've seen it. I'm not a 24 guy, <laughs> to be honest. But Hey, you know what? That'd be a good uh, segue into the 24 email that we got. There you go. Go for it. Yeah. So we have a uh, an email from uh, a one drunk Bauer. So if Uh-oh. you're if you're a 24 watcher, Jack Bauer is the main character, right? So that's the play there. Title of the email is simply 24. Drunk Bauer says, "Hello, drunk and other drunk." Now, Alex, I want to pause here. Who do you think is other drunk? Is that me? Are you are you big drunk and I'm a little drunk? <laughs> no, I think that's Clyde. Uh, oh, I think Clyde. Clyde is. Yeah, I think okay. it's 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 me and Clyde, or maybe it's you and your cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, he says, in your 2001 episode, Travis mentioned the show 24 and how nobody ever replies to his requests. And I was, <laughs> you know, I was just, I just like to complain. He says, well, jokes on him. A few weeks ago, I coincidentally watched the first season of 24 for the first time, and it absolutely holds up. This first season was a true roller coaster experience. Families hmm. are kidnapped, wives get amnesia, and Kiefer Sutherland doesn't use the bathroom once in 24 hours. Ooh. Yeah. Even though the show definitely dips into soap opera for dudes territory, I still had a ton of fun and will absolutely continue with season two. Regards, Drunk Bauer. And I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh,. It was definitely a product of its time. And I think it's, I, I need to check it out because as far as I can tell, and let me know your opinion on, on what I'm about to say here. It, it has that kind of 90s action movie quality about it. The first season, I don't think they used any artificial light. It feels like it's all filmed in a closet. <laughs> so yes, it does have that, if that's what you're describing. 
Well, yeah, I mean, just that that vibe, that 90s where, like, we don't expect you to take this all that seriously. It's just as supposed to be one big adrenaline rush. It's don't don't look into the realism here. Yeah. Kind of like an Arnold movie or like a Stallone movie or, uh, you know, just just something that's re- a ridiculous action thing. Or even like, uh, remember, Executive Decision with Kurt Russell or mm. Speed or one of those movies, just your classic action fodder. That's uh, it's just adapted for TV and yeah. it's adapted really cleverly for TV. So I think I need to watch 24. I think I would really like it. So I, I hope you up. do. I mean, it is. He nailed it. Soap opera for dudes or just in general, just yeah. high octane soap opera. Cause it's, if it, I'll take it, you know, it's basically, I would say it's like action goosebumps for adults because every, <laughs> every three minutes is a giant cliffhanger. And right. Only 1% of them actually matter. <laughs> right. It's a very, it seems like a very specific kind of writing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's structured in a way that unlike anything else that you would normally get on TV. So, and which makes it very, the S very much the essence of its time, which I can appreciate. So I need to watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're done with movies then. Uh, I think. Hey there, Polymedia family. This is Kevin, and I'm here to tell you about the brand new podcast, Uncle Doug's DVD Bin, hitting the Polymedia lineup. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the heck is an Uncle Doug, and why is there a podcast about his DVD bin? Well, Uncle Doug is a non-familial uncle, if you can wrap your mind around that one, for Trav and myself, and he gave us a massive bin of DVDs. So, every episode, we pull a new DVD out of the bin, and we cover it. We take those favorite movies of yours, everything from Dirty Dancing to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, give you some facts, tell you the plot, and make a whole pile of jokes. Heck, you even learn a little more about the mysterious Uncle Doug each episode. The best part? It's available wherever you get podcasts. So give us a download, a listen, a subscribe, and if you're feeling five-star, heck, give us a rating. And just like our Uncle Doug always says, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Yeah, do you want to cut over to Alex with sports? All right, we got Steelers and Cards and a great Super Bowl. One of the, one of the great uh, games. Larry Fitzgerald went nuts. I'll never forget uh, uh, him scoring a touchdown. Al Michaels going nuts uh, and saying Arizona has the lead. And I remember, I'll never remember, or I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> thinking that like. Are the Arizona bleeping Cardinals going to win a Super Bowl before the Vikings? Like, I was just, like, so, like, overcome with this. Like, it wasn't a feeling of shame, but it was a feeling of just, like, come on, man. The Cardinals. Who were you Cardinals? pulling for? Were you pulling for? I was pulling, I was pulling for the Steelers to beat the oh. Cardinals. I didn't want the Arizona Cardinals to have a Super Bowl before the, the Vikings. I don't know why This is I another that Kurt way. Warner uh, team, though, right? That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolden, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. So they, loved, this was a great offense. I loved Kurt Warner ever since the Rams days. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. Cl- I, so I was definitely pulling for the cards to to get the, he had the a, upset. He had such a strange career because the wheels really fell off when he couldn't stay healthy uh, in St. Louis, so they had to cut him. And then he went to the Giants, and he was horrendous. Yeah. And then he went to Arizona, and he... Managed to stay healthy and re- kind of revitalize his career, and 
was really cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was a great game. Uh, uh, that was the uh, Santonio Holmes catch in the end zone, or as John Madden used to call him, San Antonio Holmes, <laughs> which always made my brother laugh. <laughs> uh. Elsewhere in football, in college, we had Florida beating uh I, I think it was ohio state and this it was just tebow everywhere it, this was the heyday of tim tebow i was so already so burnt out on tim tebow <laughs> at this point i just wanted nothing to do with the guy um and by the way uh this was the urban meyer florida i almost said florida marlins uh florida gators where um you've got aaron hernandez yeah. on the team and it, it's just like oh it's just a, a loathsome team even at the at the time and looking back it's like wow okay but um after that we had um the world series philadelphia phillies beat the tampa bay rays and that was a fun phillies team that was one of those teams that that ran it back year after year after year yet you could always count on chase utley being on second uh ryan howard being at first uh jimmy rollins at shortstop let me think uh shane victorino in center field uh, Jason Worth was on that team. I think he played either left or right. Uh, it was just, uh, I think Bobby Abreu was still on those teams. Like it was just like a reliable team that would just run it back, run the same lineup back. They'd get in the playoffs. And they finally broke through that year. I miss that about sports. It feels like that doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, but, I, um, I remember when the Phillies won the Super Bowl because. Uh, did I say Super Bowl like an asshole? You said Super Bowl. Goddamn. Uh, The World (laughs) Series because uh, I didn't get to watch any of it because I I remember I was working on my um, master's thesis around this time. So I was in my office Mm. a lot and I was late. It was late, like, you know, 10, 30, 11 at night and the cleaning guy comes through and this guy, you know, he doesn't interact with a lot of people. He's just the night, the night cleaner at this place. Always got his headphones on doing his thing but whenever he saw a person he'd corner them and talk to them forever and so oh no you wanted to be nice to the guy you know very pleasant guy doing a thankless job also tried to avoid him a little bit especially when i was busy Mm -hmm. and he he catches me off guard i must have had my headphones on didn't didn't know he was coming didn't have chance to go hide in the bathroom or something and he just comes to my my little cubicle and just starts going phillies phillies Phillies, like trying to get my attention to engage me in baseball conversation. And I, I was looking at him like, you know, I had my headphones on, but I tried to play it off like, cool, man, like busy, just nodding like, hey, yeah, thanks. But he just kept saying Phillies over and over again to the point that I thought he was like broken. He's like, Phillies. Dude, are you having a, you having a stroke or something? Like, yeah, it was wild. I was, never, I was like, I thought it was a bad dream for like five minutes after. I was like, am I awake? That guy just screamed Phillies at me over and over for about 15 solid minutes. It was weird. So yeah, I will uh, never forget that's that. Funny. Phillies. Well, I don't think you're. I don't think you're capable of forgetting something like that. That's pretty weird. <laughs> no, I think he one time snuck a Cole Hamels in there. I swear to God, he was. It was. It was uh, eighty-five straight Phillies. Cole and like Hamels Cole was, Hamels. Phillies. Wasn't he the MVP? I think I forget who the MVP of that series was, but he was damn good. A uh, Brad Lidge was another pitcher yeah. on that team. Yeah, that Phillies team was fun. Phillies. Um, <laughs> Phillies. <laughs> Uh, we also had uh, one of the great uh, March Madness uh, men's basketball finals of all time when Kansas and Mario Chalmers beat Memphis. Uh, mm. Derrick Rose. Uh, Mario Chalmers hit the uh, game winner, or not the game winner. He uh, th- he hit uh, a shot to tie the game. 
send it to overtime where Kansas ended up winning. But Memphis was leading by, I think, something like eight or nine points with less than a minute to go, and they still lost, which is pretty epic choke job. Uh, the Boston Celtics and their super team. I was happy to see KG win a ring over the, over the Lakers. That was cool. And then we have the Beijing Summer Olympics. And your stat of the day, stat of the podcast here, comes courtesy of Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps won eight gold medals at the Beijing Summer Olympics in 2008. The United States had 36 total gold medals, and Phelps had eight of them. Whew. That's like 22% of your gold medals come from one person. For a country of like over 300 million people, that's pretty freaking insane. That is insane. It's that. just, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Man, too bad he smoked that weed and that gave him uh, the, the how, leverage. How stupid is that in retrospect? <laughs> Who cares? Too bad that weed God. made him such a good swimmer that he uh, <laughs> cheated his way with all that Clearly, pot. obviously. He didn't stop swimming and be like, what is life actually, you know? like It's like, imagine how good of a swimmer he could have been if he wasn't high. That's that's the thing we need exactly. to be thinking about. But yeah, the, 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 when I think of the 2008 Beijing Olympics, I think of Michael Phelps, winning, Michael Phelps winning basically every gold medal that existed and Usain Bolt just obliterating yeah. everybody. And he made it look, he makes it look so easy. He does. I, I would watch that guy like, cook muffins because that guy <laughs> that just that guy makes everything look easy yes he's he's the best in the world at what he does and he makes it look easy that's what makes somebody fun to watch at what they do so yeah yeah the only thing rough about that michael phelps olympics was that you could not get away from that dude's big goofy face and grin for oh, about yeah. six months all over the place that guy needed some braces for sure <laughs> so what what gaming what games are you playing in 2008 uh 2008 i'm mostly ps3 about this time but i don't know that i'm playing anything shiny and new i'm still probably on my guitar hero shit probably still playing some you know mlb the the whatever whatever it's called then um maybe a little kill zone but ah okay but uh, i don't remember playing anything new and shiny this goes into why we kind of have to stop doing this because not only are yeah. uh, games split between PS3 and 360 and PC, there are fewer and fewer uh, console exclusives at this point, but um, we're still trying to catch up with past years. You know, we're, I'm still busy enjoying Guitar Hero 3 uh, and all that sort of stuff. And here comes more and more and more games every year all year and you know it's 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 hard to keep up with at a certain point yeah this is where like you know we're, we have jobs at this point and life's getting serious yeah. and can't sink as much time in the hobbies and yeah you you hit a saturation point so yeah it's uh ps3 had uh, I, I don't even remember ugh, excuse me i don't even remember sinking that much time into grand theft auto 4 i didn't at the time i remember playing it a little bit and kind of not liking it there was something about it I didn't dig, and then I came back to it like years later and wrapped it up and thought it was fine. But I don't know. There was something about four that was kind of a disappointment for me. I don't know what it was. That's interesting because I barely sunk any time into it. I just it just wasn't on my radar for whatever reason. Probably because I was distracted by so many other games, uh, like Bioshock. Mm. Did you play that one at the time I, or no? not at the time? But I, I have played it. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, no. I've only played the second one. I've I've not played the first one. 
You've not played the first. Okay. No. Yeah, that 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 one is definitely a classic that's worth revisiting uh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> all the time. I, in fact, I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be I was just gonna say I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if that game gets remade one of these days uh, or gets like the the big um, remaster treatment or something like that. Um, if it's not underway already. And then there's also Metal Gear Solid 4. I kind of hate those games, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I want to try. I don't, I haven't, I've never given them a fair shake. My, all of my interpretations just come from, like, screenshots never really do it justice. Hearing people talk about it, because if you listen to fans, they sound unhinged, and critics just sound, like, spiteful. I've never had anybody give me, like, a plain take on those games. So I just need to try them myself. I, I am interested in that, too, because I'm not the right person to do it. Um, there's also Little Big Planet. Uh, I really liked this game. I played it when it first came out, and I thought it was going to be a huge hit. Like, I really did. I thought it was going to be, like, the big new PlayStation mascot. Maybe I just fell hook, line, and sinker for the marketing or something. But I really thought it was going to be the PlayStation mascot. or Maybe at one point I thought it was, and then it just completely disappeared. Yeah, it was just probably too anonymous. It wasn't distinct enough or something. I don't know. But I've, I've had a lot of fun designing levels and stuff like that in that game. It was, I thought it was really cool, especially for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's jump down to 360. We have, uh, th- these are just games I happen to play on 360, or at least I have a fuzzy memory of playing them on 360 at the time they were released. Uh, they were probably also on PS3 and PC. Sure. I'm talking Left for Dead, Dead mm-hmm. Space, and Mirror's Edge. Oh yeah, dude. I've actually not played Mirror's Edge, but I did play Dead Mirror's Space. Mirror's Edge is fun. Mirror's Edge is fun. I I what that if it one, holds up. I, that's a good question. I haven't even. Yeah, I I don't even know how I would play. Is that on Steam now? I would guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like a sequel came out. Mm, I would say not yeah. too long ago, but I'd probably look and find out it was ten years ago at this point. But Dead Space. Didn't play it in 2008, but I did play it. I remember specifically playing it in 2010 when I lived in an apartment, a dingy, kind of scary by itself in broad daylight apartment. Uh, I played that game and like I was, it was spooky to go to bed. Like I was sleeping with the light on, you know? It's like, damn, that's the best possible compliment you could give it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spooky game. That's cool. But what I find fascinating is that. The Nintendo Wii still in 2008 has the top four worldwide sellers. They have Wii Sports, uh, Mario Kart Wii, Wii Fit, and Wii Play are the four best, are the four top selling games in 2008. Man, Nintendo. Nintendo just makes things not make sense. It's like, remember when people like in like 2003, like after the GameCube came out and it wasn't that successful, people were writing them off and then they come roaring back with, it's just, Never count Nintendo out. Same ever. thing happened with the Switch, where history repeated itself yeah. almost exactly. Exactly. And and the reason, yeah, it's a whole other reason because of that, but I don't want to rant about that. But uh yeah, it was that's so cool. I think it's Nintendo's resilience is 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 admirable, regardless sure. of what you might think about Nintendo. But there's also Super Smash Brothers Brawl. I'm terrible at these games. Oh, I'm I not good at them. I shouldn't say I hate them. I I admire people that are into them. I watched a documentary about Smash players that enthralled me, mm. even got me so inspired that I 
tried Smash for 15 minutes and was like, you know what? I'll just leave it to the experts because <laughs> it's just a lot of numbers and stocks. What is that? Uh, I'm going to have a hard pass here. I don't understand all these percentages and what, is that? what, what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I don't know. Why it's fun I just, to watch. Can I just throw Hadoukens? Hadoukens. Like, I know. Like Ryu and Ken. Come on, man. And the thing is, sometimes I'll win and won't know one that I did or two how I did it. And people are like, dude, you're good at this. And I'm like, which one am I? <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you, but I forgot who I was and I was <laughs> mashing all the buttons. Right. Well, that's sometimes it's, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, and you got to do what you got to do in the world of goo. Mm-hmm. Did you play a lot of that one? No, I don't even know that I'm that familiar with World of Goo. Tell me about World, World of, of Goo. Goo. World of Goo was everywhere at the time. It was a lot of fun. I think it's on Steam now. But um, at the time, I only played it on uh, on Wii. It's basically just a puzzle game where uh, you create these huge structures, just solve puzzles, basically. It's, it's, it's just a puzzle game where the, the main puzzle mechanic is just using goo. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a video now, and uh, that is the only way to describe it. You did a great <laughs> it's, job. It's It was hugely popular at the time, uh, and I can understand why, because I, I love games like that. Now, did you um, did you get into the Nintendo DS at all? Uh, I was because it had a Chrono Trigger port. Uh, it was a basically a port of Chrono Trigger from Super Nintendo, but they redid the translation and they added some extra stuff that ultimately doesn't add a whole lot to the game, but it's nice that it's there, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I, I DS was on my radar at this point because I saw there was a Chrono Trigger <laughs> re- remake, right. remaster, remake, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but yeah, I liked that. Um, other than that, not really. Um, and PSP also had, um, I, I was able to play God of War Chains of Olympus when that came out and I was, I don't know about you, if you ever got to see PSP games, uh, when they were released, when they were released, but seeing this game in particular was like, (laughs) like night and day, like a thousand times better than what I was used to seeing on a handheld console. This felt like I was playing a PlayStation 3 in my hands. Like, it was pretty damn impressive. Yeah, the PSP was uh, pretty neat at the time. I had a a buddy that had one, and I basically just wanted to hang out with him so I could play his PSP, and this was us as an adult, you know? So, like, (laughs) when I was a kid, I would pick my friends based on who had a Game Boy, but I figured I grew out of it, but by the time the PSP came out, I was like, hey, uh, what are you doing this weekend? You still got that PSP? <laughs> if I you taking the over? bus anywhere later that I can, where I can sit next to you and just watch you play PSP? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Cool little handheld. I didn't get one until, uh, you know, 10 years later, but pretty neat. And then last we got PC. Um, I remember this probably didn't happen in 2008. In fact, I know it didn't because it happened before. Uh the demo of Spore, the PC game Spore, mm. will, made by uh, what this, what's this name? I, I almost want to call him Will Wheaton, but I know that's not his name. Was it uh, Will Wheaton? Is 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 Wesley Crusher? Uh, will Wright? That's will Wright? His name. Man, you know what? I realized <laughs> just now when you said that that I have that same problem where I want to say Will Wheaton instead will of Wheaton, Will Wright. Will Wright? Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the demo for Spore. Uh, 
a few years before this came out and me and uh, my friend Nate just freaking out about how good it looked. And um, I remember it was Will Wright himself playing the demo and he would put this music behind it. It was the battle music, the fight music from the original Star Trek. So it was that. And me and my friend Nate were both like, if they keep this the way it is and they keep that music in there this is like my already my favorite game of all time (laughs) and then they it came out and it was way stripped down and it was kind of glossy and it it, it lacked a lot of the personality that i was hoping it would have um it's still a good game it's still impressive but i hope they redo i hope they try again with that same idea and make it a little more raw and a little less polished if that makes sense. But, yeah, yeah, I famously just never paid attention in class, especially when you could start bringing laptops. And <laughs> right. I played through grad school a ton of Spore just off on the side. Just Oh, really? Just evolving. What, what did you think of it? Well, at the time, I think when I first started playing it, I thought it was like really fun and addictive. But then after, I mean, you, you can play through it, I don't want to say pretty quickly, but kind of quick. But after like a couple of times, it's like, I feel like I've seen everything the game has to offer. Right, yeah. It wasn't a very deep experience. It's it's a little bit of a mirage mm-hmm. where you feel like you have all these options and all this stuff, and ultimately you kind of don't. I hope they redo that game. But um, there was also, a, 2008 was also Braid. Yeah. Um, that was the first big popular indie game that I can remember playing that wasn't a big studio release. Jonathan Blow, right? That's right, yeah. And yeah, he was featured in that documentary of uh, yes. the name I can't remember. Uh, yeah, what is the name of that documentary? Like the indie game or something like that? Indie game, I think it is. And there was a book too. But um, yeah, he uh, uh, that was the first game, the first indie game that really got my attention. Um, and you could play that at Xbox Live Arcade. And I played it on PC, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I, I just remember the feeling like. One guy made this game, really? Like that's <laughs> amazing to me. Like holy shit! But um, yeah, there was that. There was uh, Fallout Three. Oh, played the shit out of that. Yeah, it's just—it's one of those games that's just an institution. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a landmark game. Uh, it's just—it's same thing. I I consider it up there with the the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. And then I wanted to point out uh, Geometry Ro- Geometry Wars Retro Evolved Two. God damn, this game is fun. It is so fun. It is I, I've sunk a lot of time into this game over the years. It's it's my jam. It's basically just a closed enclosed shooter, twin stick shooter. You just go around and you you hear the beeps and the bloops and mm. you get power ups and it's like simple arcade fun. It's like that's sometimes that's all I need. I just need my brain to rest and just play this game and it's like chewing gum for the brain, basically. It's 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 my jam. I love that game. It's one of my all-time favorites. That's awesome, and it's satisfying to look at too. Yeah, I love I, the colors. Yeah, and the black background. Um, I I love it. All right. Well, that's it for games. Should we jump to another email? Let's do it. Who are you thinking? Let's crush these first two here that we have on here. I'll read this first one. It says, Happy New Year by Bill Chicago. <laughs> hey, Bill. Happy hey, um, Mother's happy Day. Bay. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Bill. Cinco de Mayo. Hope it was good for you. 
I hope it's thinking about St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, all those holidays <laughs> were good for you. He says, Happy New Year to you both. Just wanted you guys to know you have a fan out there thinking about you guys on New Year's. Enjoy the night and have a great start to the new year. Bill Chicago. All right. Thanks, Bill. Man. You know, we think about you too, especially uh, on New Year's. Yeah. Bill drops into a lot of the live stuff on I do on YouTube, which I haven't done in months. Does always, he really? Always comment, commenting on those on those Nest friends. So, Bill Chicago, I'm a fan of you too. Sorry it took us uh, literally six months to get to your email, but man, we appreciate <laughs> hearing from you. <laughs> And then we also have Mega Man X Corrupted, written by Michael Wilbon, I mean Michael Wilson. Mm. We got all the luminaries checking in here. Sure. Uh, he says, hey guys, this might be more ge- more geared towards Alex, but have you heard of the Mega Man X Corrupted unofficial fan-made game? If you have, I want to know your thoughts. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, Michael Wilson. Yes, of course, I've heard of it. Uh, it's been in the works for how many years like eight years now Hmm. uh i'm tempted to google it now because it's been a really long time since i've heard anything about it but it looks amazing is it released yet like i'm just waiting for it to come out uh i never heard anything maybe it's out now (laughs) if it is i'll go play it if it's not i'll wait i feel like i just heard a conversation with yourself yeah i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm, (laughs) this is what happens in my brain as i'm googling something yeah, I'm going to have to look into this more because I've definitely heard of it and it looked really impressive, especially for a fan-made game. It looks fantastic. Cool. Uh, like, wh- when you, well, like, what's it? I mean, is it, is it in the style of... like? It's very much in the style of uh, Mega Man X, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like a thousand times more. Like, it might as well be like a PS5, you know, like something you'd play on the uh, arcade type thing like it's 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 169 uh aspect ratio it's blown up it's been around for so long that i'm not sure what the updates are and it's it there's not a site to go to to like get that hard information which is kind of frustrating but yeah i found a website that's like megamanxcorrupted.com and the last update was from november 14th so um okay. nothing too fresh off well, no it's from <laughs> that makes me feel that Sorry. makes me feel a little better. It's Sorry, like, it's from uh, November fourteenth of twenty fourteen. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, <laughs> uh, my bad. It's like uh, this past year. Damn, like, we're close. Uh, this this podcast is closer to covering that year than we are to that year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. What do you want to cover next? Uh. Well, actually, I do want to say, I, I, ju- I just, fresh off the block, I just clicked on a link that says, new Mega Man X Corrupted fan gameplay trailer released in January of 2023. So, I mean, oh, okay. there's that. I must have missed that. I'll yeah. check that out after we're recording this, and then I will... I'll pop that into the chat for you, or into the into our chat for you, and you can, uh, you can take a peek at that later. But for now, let's go oh, yeah. talk about some music. Now... I'm finally about to where Alex has been for the last 10 episodes. I ain't paying attention <laughs> to anything uh, that's popular. I only listed three songs here because I looked up 2008, like hot music. What were the hot singles? Like I do for every year. And only three songs were listed that I could vaguely recall. And it's because they were played everywhere. We got Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Everybody heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually kind of liked it. not going to lie. Uh, Beyonce, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. We all know that. And then Flo Rida's Low, uh, boots uh, with the boots with the fur. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and I, I like thought the, that was, I thought that was what's his nuts, uh, the guy from St. Louis, oh, with the band aid on his cheek. Are you? You thought that was uh, Nelly? Yeah, I thought it was Nelly. Boots with the fur was Nelly. Everyone in the club looking at her. She had them apple bottom jeans, parentheses jeans, boots with the fur, parentheses with the fur. The whole club was looking at her. Um, song by Flo by one Flo Rida. I thought that was that. I thought that was a Nelly song, not a Flo Rida song. That's my ignorance right there. And it's very possible Nelly snuck in the middle of that song. She started singing shit, dude. You never know. Nelly's okay. everywhere. Look out for him. Oh, here we go. I'm getting distracted by like three different things right now. Mega Man X Corrupted fan gameplay trailer released. I totally missed this. Yeah, this looks freaking awesome. Like just the the menu screen. This looks like one of those Natsume type remakes that of like Wild Guns and Ninja Warriors. Like one of the and Pocky and Rocky they came out recently. Like it looks on the same level as that stuff. So hmm. for what it's worth emailer uh that is where that is what i think of that stuff it's it's excellent heck yeah albums though and man i gotta say metallica been kind of disappointing me for the 10 years prior to this but i really loved me some death magnetic thought it was awesome think it's their best in the last 20 years easy yeah here you go wait here he is there's james there's my guy that was coming Yep, yep. So, I tried to do it like Jaws. It's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to isolate that. That's <laughs> that's going to promote this podcast. Well, I mean, thankfully for everybody involved, including myself, uh, Hetfield had dropped the yeah, the aggressive yeahs at this point. Like somebody finally got in his ear and said like, you know, after 20 years, you might want to stop that. So I think he mostly got a grip on his yes and his really <laughs> annoying uh, vocal habits. Death Magnetica was a great, like, such a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, hey, Metallica sounds like Metallica again. I remember that. Like, hey, I remember these guys. This this is fun. Like, they 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 sound like the Metallica again. This is the band I liked as a kid. They sound like that. It's yeah. like, the, are the songs that great? It's like. They don't need to be like they just sound like Metallica. It's like that's all I really wanted. There's some good songs on there. Yeah, I did. I like to. I like quite a few. I even like uh, that. The Unforgiven Three. I don't know how many songs you can get out of that title, it, but it, it makes me want to. It makes me wish Weird Al do would do like Unforgiven Part Seventeen, yes. the final conflict or something like that. Right, finally forgiven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, four, two given, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something stupid, but yeah. Hey, speaking of waiting for a band to do something, uh, Guns N' Roses finally released Chinese Democracy. <laughs> this is one of those where I was, when I was looking to put stuff to put on the sheet, I, I saw this came out in 2008, and I seriously let out like a big belly laugh. Oh my God. I completely forgot about this album. <laughs> I, I did not realize that it... This came out in 2008. I don't have any memory of this coming out. I don't remember caring. Um, I do remember uh, the big ballad off of this one, which is called This I Love, which is like your classic like Axel, kind of Elton John sounding song where he's at a piano mewling about whatever past relationship and blah, blah, blah. And then the solo kicks in and it's kind of like 
you can't shake the feeling, but it's like this should be Slash playing this. Like this, this, this doesn't hit the same way if it's not Slash. Yeah, and it was like a whole smorgasbord of different guitarists, right? Yeah. There's like Bumblefoot and uh, Buckethead and Bumble. Bumblefuck, like you were just Bumblefuck. making up a name. I mean, there was <laughs> five different guitarists with stage names in that lineup. I who knows? Freaking Charles Nelson Riley showed up at one point. Yeah, thought he was playing match game, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember that whole fiasco. It's just like Axel. Really, it's about time you got over yourself. But, yeah, uh, but you know what? Yeah. He did because uh, you know there was this period between like, well, I guess nineteen eighty-seven and. Uh, the mid 2000s where he's like a big giant shit and then uh he like gets it together and starts you know touring again with Guns N' Roses and freaking knocks it out of the park i went and saw him live like in 2017 oh, or whatever nice. and they man a big big arena crowd outdoor stadium fucking killed it dude it was like album quality guns and roses i was blown away wow okay so you you uh, i'm jealous you've seen slash yeah, in dude. person i i have not seen slash got a t-shirt Big time jealousy. So, yeah. damn. So, what was like? Okay, they pl- they had to have played November Rain then. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. It was real, That's I am really good. I am just. Did they play? Let me ask you. Did they play? You could be mine. Ah, uh, I from the Terminator Two soundtrack. I I love that song. I can't remember if they played it, but I am uh, a religious user of Setlist FM. So I can. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, I can. I can dig up what it was if you uh, buy me some time. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll. I'll just uh, buy you some time by saying that the video for "You Could Be Mine" by Guns N' Roses is one of the all-time great v- music videos of all time because it combines uh, two of my favorite things that have ever existed in in this entire universe. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Guns N' Roses. And so the whole video premise is just basically Arnold being programmed as a Terminator, uh, showing up at a Guns N' Roses concert, being programmed to terminate Guns N' Roses. And he shows up and he's like walking through the crowd and stuff and he's like scanning everything and it's so cool. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm just tapping into my like 10 year old brain. But uh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But uh, and then he finally meets up with GNR like at the end slash like blows smoke in his face from a cigarette because he's slash that's what he does and then uh um he finds them like unworthy to be terminated or something like that like it's just kind of a joke it's just like <laughs> these people aren't worth the ammunition that I brought in here so one of those kind of jokes and I thought that was like a really clever kind of twist because <laughs> like yeah it's, these guys are losers hell yeah yeah perfect timing just pulled it up. Are you ready? Mm. I'll run through. I'll run through the whole goddamn thing. Uh, we yeah. got. We let off with "It's So Easy." It's so easy, easy when everybody's trying to please me, baby. They opened with that. They That's opened with that. Awesome. Then went right into Mr. Brownstone. Mm. Gotta love that. Then they hit yes. us over the head with some Chinese democracy, which we didn't ask for or deserve. Uh, yeah. Then Pass. we got. They came out of that. They they knew that sucked, so they hit us with some "Welcome to the Jungle." <laughs> oh my god! Okay, fifth song in. Yeah, fourth technically, but yeah. The... Okay, of course, Chinese Democracy felt like two, so that's fair. Uh, double... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't count. <laughs> double talk and jive was next. Oh, okay. Go and use your illusion. Yeah, better was six. Uh, next was estranged. 
This is getting to kind of be ballad heavy. We got Live and Let Die after that, the Wings cover. Uh, honestly, they played almost 30 songs. Uh, Rocket Queen was after that. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. That's cool. Then You Could Be Mine. So that Okay, was, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Came at number 10. Uh, they played uh, the Damned cover called New Rose, which is pretty good. Oh, no freaking way. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. You the, got a hell of a show. We, we sure did. Uh, and then I'll, I'll speed through the next few here. We had uh, This I Love, Civil War, Yesterday's Coma, which I don't really know what that is. That doesn't ring a bell to me. Coma is the last song on Use Your Illusion 1. Oh, I just didn't it's, know it by name, I guess. Yeah. Slash guitar solo for an amazing <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> so good. Of course. That's 20 minutes right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the love theme from The, from, uh, the Godfather. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine, My Michelle, Pink Floyd cover oh, of Wish You Were classic. Here. Oh man, November Rain. What a great, what a great. You, how long was the show? Like seventy five hours. Forever. Jesus. It was amazing. Then they played a cover of Black Hole Sun. What? Yeah. Then oh they played uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Then Night Train. Yep. Then the encore. Then they come back <laughs> wow. out. Wow. They come back out. They played Don't Cry. The Seeker, the Who cover, Paradise City, and then they played uh, You Know My Name, Chris Cornell song. I guess maybe Chris, I don't know. There's so much Black Hole Sun and Chris Cornell stuff. I wonder if. I, it sounds like it. The I, timeline I do remember hearing, it. yeah, it might have been when he, when he passed around that time. Because I saw Soundgarden literally like a week before that oh, happened. Wow. Yeah. It was Damn. wild. But yeah, that GNR playlist, I mean, what else could you possibly ask for from that? You got stuff from every album, like all their good stuff. You even got like like Double Talk and Jive, like really? Like, Dude, it's phenomenal. Play that song? And it sounded so good. It wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like watching have you seen those videos of Motley Crue with Vince Neil just trying to catch <laughs> yes. his breath? Yes, and he's you can't understand uh, what he's saying, <laughs> and people are putting captions. Yeah, there. that's Seba Seba he name I peed myself. <laughs> yeah, dude, and I you know what's funny? I got to see Axl Rose twice in one year because uh, he when Brian Johnson went down in ACDC, he filled in. Oh, wow! Went, went to see ACDC, and again another two hours. He knew his place. He hung out in the back and let Angus just run around in his little short shorts, sang it pitch perfect. I mean, you could tell it was Axel, but he still was true to form to the ACDC That's, brand. It was, it was good. I became an Axel. I, I was like, damn, the guy came around. He finally is delivering to fans after thirty years of being a dick. Right. Exactly. He got over himself. But um, yeah, if there's anybody to replace Brian Johnson, right? you got to think it's Axl Rose, right? 100%. He's got that like throat, that raspy like throatiness mm -hmm. that he can summon that when he needs to. There were points where I couldn't tell the difference. Like he was yeah, really right. nailing it. Yeah. Like especially like Thunderstruck. I was shaking at the knees. <laughs> like when he like yeah. goes from the balls to like <laughs> deliver that. You know, it's like yeah. th there's always those dudes that can do a good Donald Duck, but it's hard to nail an <laughs> ACDC. Like it's really hard to nail. Yeah. There's very few dudes that can do that. And for it to be Axl Rose just makes sense. Oh, he's the natural. If, if not him, then Jim Brewer. Because <laughs> yeah. Jim Brewer is does the, the scariest accurate yeah that's true this looks like a hokey hokey pokey kind of crowd <laughs> like this hokey pokey 
stand up set. That's yeah, that's genius. a classic. That's a classic. Actually, he he let that set go for a long time. He didn't write any new material after that, which was the sad thing. He didn't need to. That's all <laughs> anybody wanted to hear from him because he's so good at doing Brian Johnson. Yeah, he toured on that for for a long time. Hi. I'm Michelle from Point and Drink Adventure Podcast. Join me and my friend Pam from YouTube channel Cannot Be Tamed as we drink a little wine and talk about the media we consume. Everything from movies, video games, and even vinyl pickups. Listen on wherever podcasts can be heard and check out our YouTube channel Point and Drink Adventure for more extra video recordings of our podcast. Drink well, my friends. Bye. So yeah, that was it for GNR uh, Chinese Democracy. You've got a few bands here. Yeah, I saw Fleet Foxes um, live uh, when this out when their first album came out. They're self-titled. I loved it, like right away. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, the harmony those guys come up with, uh, they meld melodies together so effortlessly, and they all nothing sounds forced. It's such a good, pleasant like album. Uh, I I don't think they've matched their first album since then. I I like all their stuff. I follow all their releases, but that first one sticks out to me a lot. Um, also, the band Cynic mm. came back out of nowhere. They just appeared from 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 nothing to create an album called Traced in Air. Uh, Cynic is uh, a band that is a progressive metal band. Uh, I got really into progressive metal when I was a kid. Uh, when I got into Dream Theater and Tool, I don't know, like stuff. Yeah, Tool, Porcupine Tree. Oh like yeah, that you like Porcupine Tree? Nice. Me too. I, I liked them when I was a lot younger. I don't really remember a lot of their stuff, but I had a phase. Yeah, I think we um, all did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Cynic was a part of that, and when I saw that they find they only had the one album from 1993. So when I saw like they came back to do this album in 2008, I was like, "Hold the phone, I got to see this." So, and I really liked it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, fun and fact, that, you know uh uh my buddy Jake the McAxel, right? Started yes. Opolica with me. Uh he works yes. or he uh he writes for the site everything is noise. God damn, it might be net, but it could also be com. But just Google everything is noise. In July, he might get a chance to sit down and interview Cynic. He's pretty stoked. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. He's pretty jazzed Good about that. Good for him. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Right on. Yeah. And then there's uh, the Japanese pop band Bump of Chicken. And my friend from high school uh, exposed me to this band, uh, gave me a bunch of their albums, and their album Present From You came out this year. They are kind of like a Japanese alt-rock Beatles I don't understand anything they're saying, but their melodies and their chords, like they write such pleasant music that I don't care what they're singing about. It's Man. they and since how'd you describe it? A Japanese Japanese Beatles. It's like Japanese alt rock Beatles, That's like alternative rock Beatles. It's like if Blur were Japanese and even somehow more influenced by the Beatles. That is quite a description of something that's very specific <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's awesome. them that's what bump of chicken that's what they are bump of chicken bump and they, chicken. they since 2008 they have created uh they've been asked to compose a ton of different anime intros mm. and closing songs so i i couldn't tell you the name of any of the anime but i hear them uh i think they do family what's what the hell is that show called it's really popular from the past year the the spy family one uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Let me let me actually Google Spy Family anime. Spy Spy X Family. 
Yes, Bye-bye. that sounds correct. I never know how to <laughs> pronounce yeah, they, the X in anime titles. I guess not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bump of Chicken. I think I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure did the the opening theme to that song. Wow, it's remade. It, it, it re- reminded me of them, and it's like, hey, they're a good band. I should check out what they're doing now. Right on, and. That's what they're doing now. And you have Opeth on here. Yeah. You you do Opeth. I say Opeth. I really lean into the eh, but uh, I don't even know what you're supposed to say. But I do. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know either. <laughs> I've heard it every way. I think this is the last album to date that's got the growly vocals. Um, after this, they get you know much cleaner vocals, more progressive and less heavy. It's called Watershed. I guess this is kind of their watershed moment. It's very interesting. So I really like this album because it's a it's a different band almost. I'll have to check that out because I liked a lot of Opeth from the early part of the, this particular decade, mm-hmm. like Still Life and Blackwater Park and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't. I I kind of noped out of Opeth because just because I felt like I'd gotten my money's worth at that point. But uh, they're almost two different yeah, bands. Um, There's just like old Opeth and new huh. Opeth. They're very different now. I think personally, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Uh, no, you do notable events. We we've already mentioned a couple of them. Uh, we talked about Heath Ledger. That was that was rough news. Uh, we even mentioned the recession, which thankfully I was a student, so I kind of was living in life's natural recession. So I don't think I was terribly impacted, but I knew a lot of folks that were. <laughs> it sucked. Uh, did you feel the effects of that, given where you were and what you were doing? I was at the working. Time? I I can remember. Um, I was kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, weirdly. Uh, I was working at a golf course, uh, listening to BBC News uh, that I downloaded the night before on my iPod Shuffle. <laughs> uh, so I was listening to the the previous night's news the next morning, um, trying to keep track with like Lehman Brothers and all the, all, all the the craziness that was going on. Uh, in the meantime, I ended up getting hired uh, at a college in downtown minneapolis their their big online headquarters and uh that was an interesting experience but uh i got to take the train to downtown minneapolis for the next few years which was cool yeah that's but, fun yeah 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 but yeah no the, the the recession is not something i can identify with because i actually got hired during the recession which is weird yeah i was uh again kind of protected by being a student and mm. what didn't I didn't have much of a pull in life. I had no, I had nothing. My, I was barely on the grid, so it didn't really impact me that much. But, um, which I'm thankful for. A lot of people it hit pretty hard. Uh, but also, uh, later that I guess November, Obama was elected. Yeah, that f- that felt like a positive step forward for the for the country. It, 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 I I I remember watching that and. You know, it's it's one of those feelings that feels kind of stupid at first, but I I really did feel proud to be an American at that point. It's <laughs> yeah. it's easy to roll your eyes at that and like think of the think of that li- ridiculously Greenwood song, "You're proud to be an American." Yeah, you slept wrapped up in an American flag that night. You're like, yeah, where at least I know I'm free. It's like really, you, your phrasing there is at least I know I'm free. Does <laughs> like you know like why do you have to sound defensive in your own song? It's your song. Don't sound so defensive. But yeah, Obama getting elected felt like i just couldn't believe i kind of couldn't believe it it's like 
I, uh, for for the longest time, I've always tried to be. Uh, I've prided myself on at least making an effort to be bipartisan and just be, you know, put my biases aside and try and look at stuff a certain way. That said, I think Obama was very, very clearly the better candidate, both in 2008 and 2012. He was just the right guy for the right time. So for that to happen uh, was really cool. Uh, it felt like the right thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it energized a lot of folks. Yeah, that's that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, it, it, it was inspiring better. to see. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I remember uh, you know watching him come out, do the acceptance speech, and then immediately just flipping over to Family oh. Guy like nothing happened. I was like, man, I guess we're in good hands now. Well, all right, man. That that acceptance speech was like WrestleMania. I swear <laughs> to God, it was like him. He was walking out like the Rock. Like, and finally, America has elected a black man. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes nuts. And it's like, holy. It, it really felt surreal. It was just, it was really pretty proud of a moment, honestly. It was pretty cool. By God, that's John McCain's music. You're like, what? What's he doing? <laughs> By God. <laughs> and it's like, NW. New, 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 new world order. <laughs> But uh, no, it just it just felt like the right guy won and it didn't matter what his race was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just it felt it's like, yeah, that's yeah, of course. the guy that yeah. should win. And that wasn't a factor. It felt like all was right with the world for just a couple seconds. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that was notable events. But we had some popular TV shows kick off in 2008. Now, I haven't watched all these on this little list that I have here, but I know mm -hmm. they're important because I know I have friends who have encouraged me to watch all of these and I've resisted because I'm a piece of shit that only plays video games. However, how dare I you? know I don't have time for your in your your TV shows that just never end or when they do end, they end awfully and you regret having sunk so many hours into the previous seasons. I'm not falling for it again, but I did fall for it with Breaking Bad. I thought that show was great from beginning to end. I love it. We have thought about like rewatching it, but I'm like, nope. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin. <laughs> I want to ruin my good memory of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those shows where you can't replicate the intensity of watching it for the first time because it is, at least to me, the most intense show I've ever seen. Yeah, like, I agree. All due respect to The Wire. All due respect to any like, like Sopranos. Sopranos any, yeah. Yeah, all those other shows, but I mean, obviously nothing... inspired by those. Those shows made way so that Breaking oh. Bad could take the next step, right? It's like Ex excellent point. Yes, very much so. Uh, they walked so Breaking Bad could run. <laughs> yeah, um, and Better Call Saul's Breaking not bad, bad either. I mean, still yeah, good. It's very, very good. Yeah, it's it's uh, a worthy follow up for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Breaking Bad was just seismic. Like it was just. You weren't supposed to be able to make something that good on t on a mere TV show, right? It's the more time goes by, the more I'm like, there will never be another grading Breaking Bad ever again. Like it's that's how good it was. Like it was just yeah. a specific time, a specific place. Uh, it was the right time, right place, right actors, right story, everything. It was, and the intensity is such that you know I look back fondly on it, but the other part of me is like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that again. You know what I mean? You ever watch like <laughs> that's a, exactly right, like a scary movie? Yes, like. I was telling somebody the other day, they're like, have you seen Barbarian? I was like, oh, I love Barbarian. They're like, I want to watch it. Would you watch it with me? I was like, no. They're like, I thought you said you liked it. I'm like, I'm not putting myself through that again. I liked it, but I don't want to watch it again. 
I appreciate your Mitch Hedberg like <laughs> delivery of that. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying on that. I, I, I would love to watch Breaking Bad again, but it has more to do with like sullying the memories mm-hmm. like of of the original. I don't, I don't necessarily care that much about it. It's that I don't want it, that show is like a little bit of work to get through because it's so intense. Exactly. It's like all right. Can my heart take this? Did I just work out? Did I was I just on the treadmill? I don't I don't know if I can handle this right now. I, damn that show that show gets me. It's but, good. Yeah. Now a show less intense, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Now people talk, people say it's great. I've never seen, I've never been that much of a Star Wars fan to watch any and all Star Wars content. But have you seen this? No, I've I've heard it's great, but I just don't. I, I can't do Star Wars. Uh, in I can only do Star Wars in movie sized bites, like like Rogue One, yeah, same. And stuff like that. I can't I can't do a big series. I'm sorry. Same. I'm sure it's good. Now you have to apologize to me, but somebody out there was like, "God damn it, Alex, give it a try." And we're apologizing oh, to that guy. We're not going to do it. Uh, yeah, Fr- right. Fringe. I, I I watched a bit of Fringe. It was all right. I like Aunt Anna Torg. I think's her name. She's good in that. That also has um oh what's his name, uh, Lance Reddick, who just passed away not long ago. He's great in that. Yes, Lance Reddick is the big guy in charge in that show, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, one thing I need to point out is that uh, I, just as much as anybody else, will get stuff confused in the dumbest possible way. I thought Fringe was a Chris Carter thing. I thought it was made by the same guy that did uh, X-Files and Millennium. Hmm. And I thought Fringe was like his next project. So I kind of like just was like, eh. Like I don't really like that guy's stuff. Like, no offense, Chris Carter, you do great work. But and thanks I'm for not... listening, Chris. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, in case you're the Vikings wide receiver by any chance, uh, <laughs> send me an autograph or something. But um, no, it's I, I. For some reason, I thought Fringe was associated with that guy, so I always avoided it because it's like, oh, that guy's just not my thing. I'm just gonna maybe I'll get to it someday, but not now. Uh, but that guy, that's like a J.J. Abrams thing. Yeah. And like something completely different. Yeah, it's so got Josh I, Jackson I, I, and Theoden in it. <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> Theoden. <laughs> King Theoden. Oh, my God. But yeah, I, I need to go back to that because it's, it's got some of the people I really like. It's got, uh, what's his name? De- not, not Theoden. It's not uh, Theoden. That's not his name. I just had to look it's, it up. It's, a De- it's Denethar. Denethar. It's, it's the guy... Sorry, you just well actualed me super fucking hard, dude. Oh gosh, well actually, actually, it's, oh, gosh. it's John Noble, and he's great. Okay, yeah, it, he looks like he. I've always thought he kind of looked like Edward Edward D. Or what's the guy's name? Uh, Edward, uh, Richard D. James from Apex Twin. Man, uh, what he kind of looks like that guy? Deep, like, yeah, deep whatever, pool. whatever. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> does. I'll give you that one. All right. Uh, anyway, Sons of Anarchy. Did you watch that? I have not seen. I've not seen episode. it. But dudes love it. I have not seen it. And True yep. Blood, another one that people have like. Oh, have you seen? Yep. Have you watched? And I haven't. But I hear that's, it's great. Came out two thousand eight. No, that's your that's your classic uh, Showtime porn right there. It's, you got you know we had our Red Shoe Diaries in the nineties, and people had their True Blood in the two thousands. That's right. That's how it works. And then let's jump down to the internet real quick. Yeah, I was playing a lot of Flash games. Really? I was playing Desktop Tower Defense on the Congregate website. Uh, that's that's a fun one. I sunk a lot of hours into that. Uh, it was important. I will say this. You know, we talk a lot about jobs and stuff like that and office jobs. Mm-hmm. It was very important to find a Flash game 
that you could pause, that you could like move away from the screen and go back mm. to what you were working on and keep that game going. You couldn't do that with stuff like Line Rider uh, because that game would just keep going. You couldn't really pause it. But Desktop Tower Defense, you could pause any time because mm. it was a strategy game. So that was kind of my go-to for years as I was working where I was. Interesting. Uh, that's very, very uh, strategic thing that I uh, had planned. Uh, then we also had Bloons. Did you ever play Bloons? No, I didn't play. I guess I missed that on Flash games. I was too busy okay. playing Spore and ignoring what it, I paid good tuition for. If you, if Well, I guess because I, I was working in an office at this point, so I was desperate for stuff to kill time and not work. Uh, that would have been Bloons and Desktop Tower Defense. And also... A really fun puzzle game that I miss called Gorilla's Tiles. And it was based on the band Gorillas. Oh. And it was like this weird matching puzzle game that had the most satisfying sound design I have ever heard in a, in a puzzle game. It's like it had this like clicky sound when you solve, when you combine two tiles and you click on them and they slide together and they make this like really satisfying like clunking sound. I don't know. It's it's just it's hard to describe when I say it like that, but <laughs> it it was really it really just scratched a certain itch and I I miss that game. So it, it when I think of 2008, I think of Gorilla Styles, so I wrote it down. That's wild. And I had no idea anything that you just said existed. So All right, so I'm speaking Chinese over here. But it's it's fun. I love it. Do you know what uh zero punctuation is? Yeah, that's uh, that Yahtzee Croshaw guy. That guy's still going at it. Isn't he? I think so, yeah. But this is around when I first discovered him and started watching his reviews. Some of them I you know, I he's one of those I can still watch. I haven't watched him in a couple years actually, but I used I could I, haven't either, I could rifle but, through like yeah. four and then I, I couldn't do another one because they're so rapid fire. Yeah, they're so fast. <laughs> they're hard to keep up with. But that dude is really, really funny. He is. Uh, he's a hilarious guy. He's a good author too. I've I've read his book a couple of his books, oh. uh Mogworld, and they're really funny. They're just like kind of fantasy like high really? high fantasy but comedy. It's it's they're decent. Okay. I didn't know he wrote books. That's cool. Yeah. Um and this is around when I discovered Angry Video Game Nerd. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting into uh, all... Because he was around back when YouTube was first a thing in like yeah. 2006, 07, something like that. And yeah, by the time 08 came around, he was already on like on episode 40 or something like that, I imagine. And that's kind of when I jumped on and... I loved the cable access vibe of his show. It was like... This is like slightly higher budget cable access, and I just ate it all of it up because he spoke for basically every <laughs> angry video game nerd <laughs> that was out in the world uh, at that time. Yeah. So and making fun of them at the same time, which is the that's right. Yeah, it was mocking how seriously we took those yeah. games for sure, which which is a big part of it. But yeah, yeah, I, I admit he has not been on my radar in the past. I don't know. Three years, four years, something like that. I just, you know, there's eventually there's just too much stuff to keep to keep mm -hmm. up with. Those old videos always hit. Well, do you have a, a specific favorite that you like? Because I know mine. I do, and it's. I, I mean, I love all the classics that people point to, but the one that I think goes under a lot of people's radar that I think is fantastic is the Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero one, oh, the Christmas <laughs> that's special. Right. 
I love You've it. You've talked about this one before. <laughs> it's a really good one. The way one. he edits his curses with this one particular part of the game where he's just getting just fucked left and right, it kills me yeah. every single time. <laughs> it's really clever. Yes, that's a great pick. Yeah, I, I that's very cleverly done. Um, only he could do something like that too. Yeah, and it's it's he's he's really clever with stuff like that. Um, that's a great one. Uh, that's not one that other people would say either. Right. The, that's the, one the I think I point one. to. Like, I know you've probably hit, yeah. seen all the highlights, but go check this one. Right. Out. It's unsung. Yeah. That's a great pick. Um, I think mine would be the still be the Superman sixty-four oh, yeah. one because <laughs> it's it's it really does. I I like that there's a specific era in in the 2000s where he really let his anger just kind of boil to the surface like in the Batman video and in the Superman video especially where you know you you edit audio and you mix audio and mm-hmm. and stuff like that like you know when somebody's clipping mm-hmm. like beyond the bars like he is clipping like crazy in those episodes <laughs> because he's so freaking pissed off and it just tickles me to hear him say like look how much room look how much room when he's trying to like get around a pillar and superman's just stuck sitting there like an idiot like it's just it's just wonder it's 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 kind of like it adds to the game itself at, at a certain point it's really funny it's true yeah he, he's somehow uh i know he doesn't make them like better obviously but he makes the conversations <laughs> around them richer <laughs> for the things that he's able to point out. Now it's, nowadays, I have a I have a better frame of reference for Super Superman sixty four other than this game is a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, have you seen this the AVGN video about this guy? Guy is still out there giving, still out there doing it. But then we have some more somber news to kind of transition into here, huh? Yeah. Um, right before we started recording, uh, I got uh, I saw a link that saw that said the Winnebago man had died, passed away. Jack Rebney hmm. uh, passed away. And he, uh, if you don't know who he is, he was 93 years old. If you don't know who he is, the Winnebago man, he was the guy that was... Uh, the quote-unquote star of a uh, outtakes video that was posted on YouTube way back in the day, one of the first viral videos on YouTube uh, back in like you know 2006, 2007, um, uh, he, where this guy is trying to create a VHS. I get I don't know what you would even call it, like just like a, a, a promotional tape to promote RVs. Winnebago's and he is out in the middle of Iowa of all places like sweating his ass off in this like horribly humid weather it's like 100 degrees and humid and he's out in these terrible conditions in the middle of the day middle of the day trying to uh <laughs> do the voiceover mm-hmm. you know tr- he's got the classic radio voice he's like you know something about he's got that like Bob Barker game mm-hmm. show voice. It's it's very smooth. So when you hear him lose his temper <laughs> and like lose his patience, and he he says something like "God damn son of a bitch," <laughs> like he he says it with such a a, a flourish. Yeah, it's it's really kind of an artistic way. Like he is he's such an artist with curse words. It's it's really kind of remarkable to listen to this guy. He's a poet. It really it's, is. It's, yeah, the delivery is is really special. It's 
he's in a league maybe just a tier below Samuel L. Jackson in terms of boy, <laughs> this guy can fucking cut. He can fucking oh, cuss. he can he can curse with the best of them. It's the uh, my one of my favorite scenes in that video is when he's just out of fucks to give it and he's just like sitting there and he just mutters fuck <laughs> can't do th- I can't do this shit anymore he, 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 sound, he sounds like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon like oh yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> like he's, he's just done and uh, the re- I think the reason and uh, you, you have been privy to this uh, sensation yourself in person Unfortunately, but uh, one thing that's always tickled me over the years is uh, old people failing to use technology properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love old people Facebook. It's my probably my favorite subreddit. It's very good. And um, uh, I think a big part of that has to do with my dad. Uh, me and my brother are laughing at my dad trying to program a VCR, <laughs> and he just could not figure it out. In fact, one of my favorite clips... I don't remember. I guess we had a really good Christmas one year because uh, we got our first desktop computer and we got a, our first uh, video recorder. Uh, we're setting up our computer and I have the video recorder. And uh, my dad is attempting to read a PC manual from front to back. He's on like page 30 and he's on there. He's sitting there with his reading glasses and he's muttering to himself. And I have this on tape and he's just like, I don't what the fuck is all this? God damn fuck. <laughs> I just don't understand what the fuck all this did. It's just, and I have it on tape. And it's just like, this guy is, it, it, when I saw Jack Rebney, I'm just like doing the Leo DiCaprio pointing like, that's my dad. That's my dad. That's my dad. I've got it on tape. I can prove it. I can push oh. these two clips together. I can have him reading this manual and cursing. And I can have Jack Rebney cursing. It's the same thing. They're the same person. God damn. I love that story. That is hilarious. The, the way the way my dad says God damn son of a bitch is exactly <laughs> the same way Jack Rebney said it. God damn. It's just just he puts that exclamation point on Have you it. shown uh, your dad Winnebago man? Oh yeah, he loves it. He thinks it's like, oh, you know, he he makes his own little quips and stuff like Even that. Even he but... did the, Lee Cap- the DiCaprio point. He's like, "Hey, that's me when I get mad." <laughs> no, he's, he's, he would not. He would not be that self-aware. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's he he liked it because he can recognize. You show my dad something like that, and he starts talking about the actual thing. Like, what's that Winnebago go for nowadays? What's what's that? Uh, what's that? How, how much did that go for at the time? You know, he wants to know all the trivial facts about it kind of like me but yeah <laughs> uh good stuff man uh well with that um let's move into this one last email here we have from mm. jeff r now jeff's a little disappointed in us titled his Uh-oh. email what blitzball is awesome hey guys just finished listening to your 2001 episode and was shocked to hear how much both of you despise Final Fantasy X's, or 10, whichever you want to do. I say t- I say both. Uh, Final Fantasy X's Blitzball. I spent countless hours tracking the best free agents and tech abilities in the game. I do agree in the beginning the levels of Blitzball, it, it can be very bland, but the game opens up after players get past the first 10 levels. Tackles and passes gain the ability to have status effects. Goal kicks have the ability to become invisible, and the satisfaction of knocking out an entire enemy team with the sleep status can be hilarious. Envision kicking a goal with no one to block it, including the goalkeeper. The ensuing mini-cut scene of the ball whizzing past a sleeping goalie is hilarious. Again, 
Give it another shot if you have time. If only for witnessing the sleeping goalie cutscene. Hope all is well. Jeff R. Mm. <laughs> Alex is like, can't can't phase me. I'm not going back in. Well, no, wait a second, though. Um, for one thing, I love goalie, pissed off goalies, mm-hmm. because I was raised on Blades of Steel. Sure. And that game is known for a goalie being pissed off when you score a goal on him, because he just like sits there and goes, ah! Yes. Yep. He raises his arms up and down like he's Norm MacDonald or doing an impression <laughs> or something. But um, the thing is, though, you can't recommend a game by saying the game opens up after the players get past the first 10 levels. You got to give a time frame there. You got to say, like, how long does that take? Does that take an hour, two hours? So you have to, like, put in the work to get how far into this game to get maximum satisfaction. If that's the case, no, not doing it. (laughs) Hey, I do remember actually playing enough of Blitzball that I got decent at it to where I didn't think it was Hmm. as bad. Now, I never liked it, but I do remember thinking like, oh, well, it's easier now. Now it's not as bad. But at first, it's very slow and discombobulating. And Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know what? That was 2008. That was a whole slew of years that we've done. Feels pretty good. You know, looking back, it's a fun time. I'm looking forward to having guests again and talking about anything but music I didn't like. <laughs> That's right. We got guests coming up next week. Yeah. It's gonna be, or not next week, but two weeks from now. Yeah. It'll be awesome. It's going to be great. Folks, look out for that. Stay tuned. Now, I do want to shout out one thing here, Alex. Uh, I, I did mm-hmm. a little uh, did a little improv show this past weekend, and ah. yeah, a couple fellas popped up after the show, introduced themselves. Names Jason and Uh-oh. Matt. Uh, they came to catch some improv. Really nice dudes. Said they love some drunk friend, but throwing me under the bus. Said their favorite part was when you fuck up the ending real good. So hey, <laughs> ah, look crap. at you. So as we as we cut away to the uh, ending here, and I, oh, no. I obviously want to thank those guys oh, for coming. Now the pressure's really pressure's on. really on. Uh, thank those guys for coming to, to check it out. Hopefully we we can uh, cross paths again. But uh, that's it for another drunk friend podcast. Please head on over to polymedianetwork.com. We got new tales of the lesser medium out. Check that out. Hopefully you like Shinmu because that's what we're covering. Uh, we got uh, Polly Kills are just always coming out. We got uh, Point Drink Adventures with Pam and Petey. Those are great. Indie Quest for all your indie game desires. Uh, we got New Uncle Doug's DVD bin. That just dropped today on Crocodile Dundee. Was you think that's a knife? You think that's a knife? That's not a knife. Uh, oh. We got Goosebumps is coming soon, man. The whole network's, we're, all of my podcasts are finally about to come back out again, so it's going to be an exciting time. Please inundate yourself with my voice. I'm sure you love it. Also, you can send us an email, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get to it in about six months, as you can tell. We also have a subreddit. Go to reddit.com forward slash polymedia and uh, hang out over there. Respond to, to what's posted. We post all the... Uh, all the uh, episodes there, you can you can chime in, tell us what you thought about yeah. 2008 if you have a memory or whatnot. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But if you're not if you're not interested in doing any of those things, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating or review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big day. Yeah, you can find us on social yeah. media on Twitter, which I'm using less and less. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is of yes. course at Snefstrunk. It's true. I'm not looking at Twitter nearly as often. I, yeah. Uh, the track you hear was composed by our friend Kulor and is called Electric Starbounce. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. A shout out to Josh Lesnar for his question logo. He did it. Yeah. 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 
It wasn't clean, but it was a good dismount. Good enough. <laughs> good enough for government work, as my old teacher would say. There you go. Be sure to catch us on YouTube, and thank you for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. <laughs>